This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, if you want to donate, if you donate $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. If you donate $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by you with your name at the start. It's also stated it's sponsored by you on social media. If you donate $20, you get everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And if you donate $50, you get everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. You can also donate at buymeacupofcoffee slash craigu, and all of these links will be in my show notes. On that note, I'd like to say thank you to Diane, who donated to the podcast, and this episode is sponsored by her. Thanks, Diane. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok, where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to Bairdo37. And if you like, you can find weekly videos about Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. You can also find transcripts of every episode I've ever done on my website. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. Now you'll notice the first few episodes of our Season 4 are a bit shorter than usual. And, well, that's because while these Governor Generals, or these Governors General, i got to get used to that, they did have an impact on Canada. They were often, this was just a post for them. They didn't get super involved in things. But as we get later into the 18, 1800s and especially into the 1900s, and very especially when we get to the Canadian uh, Governors General, these episodes will expand to be quite longer. So it kind of, usually when you look at my seasons, the first episodes, except for the Prime Ministers, tended to be shorter ones. Uh, and then as we went on, they got longer and longer. So don't worry, folks, they will be getting longer. As Charles Monk left his post as Canada's first Governor General, a new man took over that post, John Young. Young was born on August 31st, 1807 in Bombay, India, to Sir William Young, who was the director of the East India Company. He would be educated at Oxford, graduating in 1829 and being called to the bar in 1834. Despite being called to the bar, he never actually ever practiced law. In 1831, Young became a member of the British Parliament for the County of Cavan, and he would hold that position for the next 24 years. On April 8, 1835, he would marry Annabel Dalton. In 1841, he was appointed as the Lord of the Treasury by Sir Robert Peel, 
and from 1852 to 1855 he would be the Chief Secretary for Ireland. In 1855 he was made the Lord High Commissioner of the Ionian Islands, but unfortunately the theft and publication of a dispatch that detailed his recommendation of an unpopular policy about the government would lead to his recall from that position. In 1860, Young became the governor of New South Wales in Australia, where he was involved in another controversy, this one over radical land legislation that was being pushed through by the government. The majority of the Legislative Council opposed the legislation, but Young agreed upon the request of Premier Charles Coper to swamp the council with 22 new appointees to get that legislation through. After Charles Monk left the Governor-General of Canada Post in December of 1868, Young took over with his swearing-in being held on February 2nd, 1869. The Kingston Week Standard wrote, quote, We have no doubt His Excellency will shortly be sworn in as Governor-General. It was rumored that the Queen was unwell for some days before it was necessary for Sir John to sail, and that she did not sign any papers, end quote. After the swearing-in on February 2nd, 1869, the Ottawa Daily Citizen reported, quote, the commission of His Excellency Sir John Young as Governor-General having arrived, he is sworn in on Tuesday as Governor-General of Canada. He afterwards received addresses from the City Corporation, the Legislature and other bodies, and then held a levy. Everything passed off well. End quote. A special display was held in Ottawa of arts and manufacturers, which Young visited and said he was greatly impressed by. The Mayor of Ottawa also declared that a holiday be observed throughout the city. The Ottawa Daily Citizen reported, quote, During the early part of the day, the residents along the line which it was announced the Viceregal Party would pass were busily occupied in displaying banners, bunting, and other festive signals from their roofs and windows of their dwellings, and the principal avenues leading to the city were thronged with sightseers from the country eager to witness the pageant of the day. End quote. A large arch was constructed of evergreens with the imperial standard at the top, while the long bridges over the Rideau had all been lined on either side with Canadian pines. The Ottawa Daily Citizen reported, quote, The road from Rideau Hall to the bridge was also lined with evergreens, which gave to the snow-covered wintry road an appearance of warmth, which helped to dispel the lowering, unpleasant aspect of the day. End quote. Almost immediately, Young began to tour through Canada. On February 12, 1869, in Montreal, the newspaper reported, quote, the Governor-General this afternoon visited some of the public buildings and institutions, among the latter the Geographical Survey, in which he took a great interest. End quote. He would also visit McGill University and visited various city officials and met with the Lieutenant Governor. On February 13th, he would visit the Victoria Skating Rink where the 76th Regimental Band would play for him. Young was greatly impressed by Montreal, much more so than Ottawa, and he would state that he felt the seat of government should be in Montreal, and that he would use his influence to have the government seat brought there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Young was a supporter of Canadian independence, which happened in 1867, and he would comment on her freedom to, quote, continue the present connection or in due time to exchange it for some other form of alliance, end quote. As Governor General, he would deal with several issues in the new country of Canada. The first was diffusing Canadian-American tensions that were created from the Fenian raids, but also the Red River resistance and the fleeing of various leaders into the United States. During the resistance, the United States government prevented the Canadian ship Shakora from the Sault Ste. Canal, which was heading west. Young would make a formal protest stating it had no military supplies on it, while adding that armed American ships regularly used the Welland Canal. His protest worked and the ban on passage was lifted by the American government. When the Fenians were captured during the raids, Young would also prevent the hanging of the prisoners, likely to maintain good relationships with the Americans. And of course, Young, who did support the Confederation of Canada, also had to mediate the conflict over the transfer of Rupert's land to Canada. He would also oversee the entry of Manitoba into Confederation, and he encouraged British Columbia to do the same. He would say in a speech in March 1871, quote, I hope that you will think of the terms are so fair as to justify you in passing a similar address, so that the boundaries of Canada may at an early date be extended from the shores of the Atlantic Ocean on the one side to the shores of the Pacific on the other. Should such an address be adopted, it will be necessary for you to take steps to secure the early exploration and survey of a route of an intercolonial railway with a view to its construction in accordance with the terms of the Union." The topic of his salary would come up occasionally in the House of Commons, which was an issue expressed with embarrassment by the newspapers. The Ottawa Daily Citizen reported, quote, It is certainly painful and unseemly to have this subject so often brought up as it has been. We cannot admire either the wisdom or patriotism of those who forced it on the House and who were willing to snub the imperial government for having dared to express an opinion on the only dominion expenditure with which they are directly concerned. End quote. In 1871, the Treaty of Washington was drawn up between Canada and the United States. Sir John A. Macdonald represented Canada at the Commission in order to fight for Canadian interests, which annoyed British commissioners. Young did not help matters by communicating to them indiscreet remarks that were made by Macdonald in his correspondence with his cabinet. Young would also complain to the colonial secretary about the independence being shown by Macdonald in the treaty negotiations. Publicly, Young had a different opinion. The Montreal Star reported, quote, he congratulated them on the success of their enterprise, which is to unite the two countries. There ought to be a union of hearts, and where he saw the Union Jack floated side by side with the starry flag, he felt the bitterness was not wholly unreconcilable. He alluded to the Treaty of Washington amid loud cheering, hoping old animosities were forever buried out of sight. End quote. A short time later, the Star reported a different view, the impatience of Young to get the treaty signed. It would stay, quote, the Governor-General of Canada is said by the provincial press to have determined to sign the Treaty of Washington without awaiting any consultation with Parliament, and according to the tenor of one dispatch, he would infer that he has already signed it. End quote. 
McDonald would agree to secure Canada's approval of the treaty, which was unpopular at the time, in exchange for a large cash payment of £4 million to Canada, as it was one-sided towards the Americans over items such as illegal fishing by Americans in Canadian waters during the Civil War. Young would advise the British cabinet to give a much smaller amount to Canada. As Governor-General, Young would also organize the Governor-General's foot guard, which exists to this day. Due to poor health, he returned to the United Kingdom in January 1872. With no Governor-General in place, there was talk of Sir Johnny Macdonald, currently serving as the Prime Minister of Canada, taking over as Governor-General. The Montreal Star reported, quote, Lord Lisgar will immediately leave Canada and that Sir Johnny Macdonald will be made a Privy Councillor and a Baronet and receive the appointment of Governor-General of Canada. End quote. Young's retirement in England would sadly be very short. On October 6, 1876, he would pass away as Baron Lisgar at Lisgar House in Ireland. His death passed mostly unnoticed in Canada. One of the few obituaries was published in the Montreal Star, which stated, quote, He was a man of great experience and clear intellect. In his manner, he was exceedingly cool, logical, and methodical. End quote. Lisgar Collegiate Institute on Lisgar Street in Ottawa is named for him, and his likeness is on display in the school library. Lisgar Street in Toronto and Lisgar Avenue in Saskatoon are also named for him. Lisgar Middle School was named for him in Mississauga, Ontario, and Lake Lisgar near Tilsonburg, Ontario was also named for him. And even though they may have had differences, Sir John Macdonald would speak of Young, calling him the ablest governor-general he had ever known. I hope you enjoyed that episode and our look at the Governor-General John Young. Again, I do apologize, this was a shorter episode. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobbs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Biography, Maclean's, Wikipedia, Ottawa Daily Citizen, Kingston Week Standard, Montreal Star, and Victoria Daily Standard. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.